0: Hello Hawks fans and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks 107-118 to 118 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Hawks get a huge performance from Cam Reddish and Trey Young comes back to try to send this game to a Game 7. But the Bucks advance to the NBA Finals behind a huge performance of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Without further ado, let's get into it. Well, Hawks fans, I wish I could talk about some better news, like the Hawks were sending this series back up to Milwaukee for Game 7, but the Bucks really put a damper to that. They came out early, they put the Hawks down 20, it felt like early in this game, the Hawks were of course able to come back, this Hawks team never seems to die, they always have some fight left in them, but in the end, the Bucks were too much, and the Hawks were too depleted to move on, and Um, As disappointing as it is, I thought this Hawks team fought valiantly to the end. Um, They were down 20 going into the fourth quarter, and with three minutes to go, with 3.40 to go, they brought this game within six points. Um, But getting down early in this game, not really having the uh, game and offense in particular working in the first half really doomed this Hawks team, but um, this was a fun game. Uh they can't Hawks came back this game six in Atlanta, the Hawks wearing the MLK jerseys. Um the Bucks trying to close it out again without Giannis. Giannis did not play in this game, and Trey Young was available for the Hawks. And early on you could tell definitely Trey was not a hundred percent, but it seemed like as the game wore on that the Hawks were able to get a better uh Trey Young. He never got his three pointer working, but he was able to get to the basket, he was able to draw fouls, and he was able to set up his teammates. As this game wore on, it was uh, the Bucks who hit first. They were able to get up all the way up 15-4 to 4 at one point. They started the game with two different runs, a 7-0 run and then an 8-0 run before the Hawks uh, competed with their own 12-3 to 3 run in the middle of it. The Hawks were able to fight back and get within four at the end of the first quarter, and I thought it was a huge run in particular by Danilo Gallinari once again off the bench. And Aneka Kongwu to get this to be 24-28 after one quarter. Then the second quarter was just awful offense. Both teams scoring only 19 points. And sending this game to uh, the second half being 43-47. to Now the third quarter, you really wanted the Hawks to come out and break through. They had never been able to take a lead in this game. And at the end of the first half, it looked like the Hawks had an opportunity to get within even two. But Clint Capella missed a little shot. Right at the buzzer, I think he did not know exactly how much time was left, and he seemed to rush it a little bit, Um, but Capella was not able to put it down. He did start the third quarter by making a basket, which seemed to make up for it a little bit, but um, the third quarter would belong to Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton had had an alright game going into the third quarter, but he would score 23 of his 32 points in in the third quarter. And no matter who the Hawks put in front of him, he was able to knock down shots. He was getting three-pointers. He was getting into the lane, getting and-ones. Chris Middleton just had another quarter, much like the game where he took over in the fourth quarter, where he could not miss. And it really didn't matter if the Hawks were right in his grill at the three-point line or if he was getting to the floater in the paint. But he was hitting everything. And the Milwaukee Bucks were able to put up 44 points in the third quarter. Now, to the Hawks' credit, they didn't just fall over. Um they got down by 20, but Cam Reddish came in and Cam Reddish was just he flat out had his best game of the postseason. Now he hasn't played a lot in this postseason, so maybe it's not um saying too much, but he was great. He was taking on the challenge of trying to guard Chris Middleton. And again, it didn't really matter who was in front of Middleton. He was able to make shots, but I thought Cam Reddish was doing a nice job trying to make it difficult for Middleton. And then on the other end of the court, uh, Cam Branch really had his three-pointer going, and his teammates were finding him. Um, so the Hawks put up 29 points of their own in that third quarter. So going into the fourth, it was the Bucks 91, the Hawks 72, and you could be like, all right, the bucks they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals before. They, they can sense this win. They're just going to put the Hawks away, but that was not the case at all. The Hawks fought back, and they had a wonderful fourth quarter. They would outscore the Bucks 35-27. to 27 which actually kind of is not as big as of a run as the Hawks actually had because at towards the end of the the game the Hawks tried to extend it a little bit and gave the Bucks a little bit of easier looks but the Hawks were able to cut this lead all the way down to 6 again 6 points with 3:40 to go in the game before Drew Holiday made a just ridiculous spin and score Uh, driving layup that really I thought was the difference in the game you know that puts the bucks up eight with about three minutes to go the Hawks got a little bit tight and got a little bit out of their offense um, and will never get close again but uh, to see the Hawks get within six uh, it came off of a amazing defensive effort where the ball found its way to Cam Reddish who found Clint Capella in transition for an easy dunk to get that six-point deficit, and it looked like the Hawks were going to be able to come back. And they, they never gave up. You know, again, going into the fourth quarter down 19, they could have easily, you know, let this game get out of hand. They had fought valiantly for six games, um, but they they put a charge into the Bucks, and I think a few more good offensive possessions, a fully healthy Trey Young, and the Hawks are maybe able to get there, but they just wouldn't be their night. And Credit goes to the Bucks. They were able to make enough shots. They got an awesome Chris Middleton performance. They were able to come into Atlanta and ha- lead from the start of the game to the end. Ultimately, the Bucks would win 118-107. to 107. Um, It felt like the Bucs got just enough contributions from their bench to get the win. In particular, Jeff Teague hit three three-pointers, each one of them seemingly to come at an important time in the game. The Hawks did not do a good job on the offensive glass. The Bucks again, controlled that area. And I think that all three of Jeff Teague's three-pointers, where he went three of three, you know, if Jeff Teague goes three of three from three-point land, you lose by 10. You, you kind of just take that. Um, you're going to lose a game when that happens. But uh, the first of Teague's three-pointers came off of a missed travel call. The next one, uh, Pat Connington went charging into the paint. It looks like it was a pretty clear charge on Danilo Gallinari, but the ball finds its way to Jeff Teague and he buried a three. And then in the fourth quarter, Jeff Teague, uh, the ball found its way to him once again after kind of a broken play and he buried the three. And, um, you know, each one of those three pointers, you know, changed the lead from being four to seven, seven to 10, um, six to nine. It, it just was really kind of backbreaking each time that Jeff Teague was able to bury a three-pointer but the Bucks got strong performances from their two biggest players in this game. Chris Middleton again 32 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. Drew Holiday would have a strong game. He had 27 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. He was able to kind of anytime the Bucks really needed a bucket, they could go to Drew Holiday and whether it was a three-pointer or he was just so very good on his drives into the paint. Um, Clint Capella didn't play a ton of minutes, but anytime it was Gallo and Akongwu or Gallo and John Collins, I thought Drew Holiday did a nice job of attacking the paint, and he was excellent at the glass. Um, Lo- Brooke Lopez, again, really destroyed the Hawks. Um, he was a game high plus 25, and he only scored 13 points, had six rebounds and three blocks, but it was a noticeable difference between when Brooke Lopez was on the court versus when he was off, and I think most of that came at the defensive end. The Hawks really couldn't have figured out a way to get Lopez out of the paint to make, the, make it easier to attack the basket. Um, he had three blocks, and the Hawks just found it really tough sledding in the paint, trying to get... Uh, baskets right at the hoop and they were forced to settle a lot I kind of thought that a lot of the first half woes where the Hawks only scored 43 points could be attributed to settling for long shots Um, during some of these timeouts they did a nice job of showing what Nate McMillan was talking about and he said we had to get away from this iso ball from kind of settling for long shots move the ball to the first I mean to the second third fourth options in a in a in your offensive set and the Hawks just weren't able to do that in the first half uh, Bobby Portis was in the starting lineup for Giannis he had 12 points nine rebounds three of those offensive there were a couple of just brutal backbreaking offensive rebounds by the Bucks, including an air ball from Lopez that Bobby Portis just landed in Bobby Portis's hands and he was able to go up and make a basket. And Again, there's nothing more demoralizing on the basketball court than playing wonderful defense, getting the team to take a tough shot, then missing that shot, and then getting a rebound and laying it up or getting a rebound and getting an uncontested three-pointer. And so despite playing great defense for 16, for 18 seconds, the other team scores a bucket, gets two or three points, and Bobby Ports did a nice job on the glass for the Bucks Off the bench, again, we talked about Jeff Teague, who chipped in with 11 points, three of, the, three, 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 of three on his three-pointers. He had two free throws. He also had one assist. And then Pat Connington had 13 points and eight rebounds. He was part of that rebounding group where he was able to use his vertical um, jumping ability to help tip out some uh, missed shots and get the Bucks some second-chance opportunities. The, Haw- the Hawks weren't brutally outscored in the second chance points. Um, but the Bucks won that cor- category twenty-three to seventeen. And in a game that was decided by ten points and where the Hawks had a couple opportunities to take the lead or, or tie the game within two, those six points are huge. And Pat Connington definitely was a part of that. He also chipped in. He was able to get hit a couple of corner threes. Again, it felt like anytime the Hawks kind of got some momentum or felt like that they were gonna get back into this game. A, a Buck player found an open player in the corner and hit a three-pointer, um, but the Bucks were very small rotation. They only played um, eight guys, and uh, Th- Thanasis Antetokounmpo didn't even play that long. I think he might have played about two minutes in this game. Um, and they came out, and they got the win in Atlanta. For the Hawks, it starts with Trey Young. He played 35 minutes on that bone bruise. He was 4 of 17 from the field, didn't make any of his three-pointers, was 6 of 7 from the free-throw line for 14 points. He had four rebounds, nine assists, one steal, and then the killer for Trey was he had five turnovers, and he had those turnovers pretty early in the game. Again, I thought as this game went on, Trey started to figure out how he was going to have to play, and in fact, he looked really good when the Hawks got a Clear path foul um, going to the basket. Bogdan Mogdanovich got that. But uh, Trey's clearly was bothered, um, was able to get to the basket and have his layup working. But other than that, his jump shot was not working at all. But he was still still able to find some teammates. And he was pesky on the defensive end of the ball. He had one of the key steals during the Hawks' run in the fourth quarter that allowed him to get back within six points. Bogdan Bogdanovich led the Hawks in scoring with 20 points on 7 of 12 shooting. Two of five from three-point land. He had two rebounds, three assists. And the Serbian swiper, again, had uh, three steals. John Collins was six of nine from the field. I think one of the big things the Hawks will take away from the series is they have to be able to get John Collins the ball when he has a mismatch. Whether it was P.J. Tucker, Drew Holiday, or Pat Connington, if there was a mismatch, John was able to take advantage of it. And the Hawks only got him nine shots. He, he was 13 points on those nine shots. Um, only got one and one. Another thing that John's going to have to work on in this off season is just figuring out what he needs to do to get the foul call because he's definitely getting fouled, but he just doesn't seem to get the respect to get the foul call from, uh, the refs during the game, but he would finish with 11 rebounds, an assist, a steal and one block. And he was a team high minus one, uh, for the Hawks on this, of the starters, JC was just minus one in the plus minus category. Clint Capella was 7 of 13 from the field for 14 points. He had nine rebounds, seven of them offensive. Sometimes I think his offensive boards can be a little misleading because often he's catching his own miss to put it back up, to catch another miss to put it back up. But Capella was nice on the boards. He also had one steal. Finally, Kevin Herter had kind of a tough game for him in this playoffs after being so good in that game seven against the Sixers. Herter was just 2 of 10 from the field, 1 of 6 on his three-pointers, 5 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. He still had 4 steals, but he was a team low, minus 22. Um, He just couldn't get it going, and Chris Middleton really had figured him out and was able to get a bucket kind of at will against Kevin Herter. Now, Cam Reddish, dude came in and played 29 minutes, was 7 of 12 from the field, 6 of 7 on his three-pointers, you know when his three-pointers are falling that Cam Reddish is going to have a good night. Just one of two on his free throws for 21 points. That's a team-high 21 points. He had three rebounds, three assists, and one steal and was plus four. The Hawks were plus four when Cam Reddish was on the court. And you could take that to mean maybe we needed to see more Cam Reddish. Of course, he is working his way back from injury, but it was great to see Cam go in. And after every three-pointer, he was talking trash. He was taking on... The job of trying to guard the best player on the Bucs, Chris Middleton. Um, but it was wonderful to see Cam Reddish out, out there and having a wonderful game. The confidence in which he was shooting. Um, he got one offensive rebound, and he took it to the three-point line and just buried a three. A couple of his threes were right over Bucks defenders. But Cam had it going, and there's a lot of promise and a lot of confidence he can take from this game, hopefully into next season. But just a great game from Cam Reddish. 21 points, three rebounds, three assists guarding the other team's best player. Hopefully we can get this Cam going forward, and this really sets a bar of what coaches can be like, look, Cam Reddish, we've seen what you can do. We need you to play this way every night. But it was a ton of fun to see Cam so amped up. To be honest, I think this was the most animated I've seen Cam Reddish as a hawk. He was out there really pumped up about his shots, really pumped up about the way he was playing, and so hopefully we get this Cam Reddish going forward. Danilo Gallinari came in and provided his 13 points, 8 rebounds. Um, you know, professional shot maker. He's a little tough to play on the defensive end. I do think one thing that the Hawks staff is really going to have to work on is what are our rotations going to be? How can we live defensively trying to play Danilo Gallinari with a small another small player in the front court? But Gallo came in he helped the Hawks, especially at the end of the first quarter, try to hang into this game, and he was part of the shot-making at the end of the game that got the Hawks back into this where it looked like they might have a chance to get a win. Lou Williams had a tough game, just 0-3 of 3 from the field. He didn't make four of four free throws, had one rebound, one assist. And then Aneka Kangu was 3-4 of four from the free throw line for three points, had two rebounds, one block, and he just played about 11 minutes. Um, he was minus 11. The Hawks just really couldn't figure out a rotation that really worked with OO in this game six. Now, such a brutal loss, um, such a tough way to end the season. Of course, only a few teams, well, only one team that makes the playoffs is going to be able to finish on a win. And this run was so, so much fun for the Hawks. And and we'll be able to go back and and be, have a full season, look back and, and look back at the playoff series. But I thought this Hawks team did, did a nice job of showing out, going out on the last game, and really giving it everything. You could tell Trey was not 100%. He was out there playing. Um, you could tell these guys were tired. Um, and they came back, and they did not – they didn't give up. They they almost took a 19-point deficit at going into the fourth quarter, and they almost turned that in, into a win. And during the game, it was a little bit reminiscent – of the Raptors game, one of the first games that Nate McMillan coached after uh he had been up put into the internal coach position and they got that big win on the road against the Raptors, that huge comeback. And when the Hawks were, were making their move, I was thinking, you know, this would just be so magical for them to, you know, have that big comeback against the Raptors and then be able to go into this game seven after a big comeback at home against the Milwaukee Bucks, but it wasn't meant to be. Um, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday really buried the Hawks. And uh, the final nail in the coffin was a alley-oop dunk to Brooke Lopez. Lopez, who had, had just had a wonderful series as well. But um, just a strong, strong playoff run from this Hawks team. Just a fun way to end this season. This was a team that was all the way down at 11th place in the East at one point, And they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And they really had a chance to go to the NBA Finals. Um, they really played well against the Bucks and we will see what the Hawks do in this off season to try to upgrade their roster even more. And now we'll look at a season where there's some expectations placed on this Hawks team. And um they should go into most games thinking that they can win and with the expectation that they should win. But um just a tough loss, one oh seven to one eighteen. Um but just just a fun team, just a fun team to watch this season and uh It's been been so much fun being able to cover them. Um, Thank you so much for listening to the KettleCast. It has been just a blast, again, covering them and and having people listen to this. So um, thank you. And uh, the KettleCast will be talking about the Hawks' moves this offseason. We will, of course, look back at the season and and have a recap about that and each player. But uh, this was a tough game, and the Hawks kind of gave it everything. And to fall... In six games to the bucks is nothing to be to be sad about but uh you know they go into the off season with a lot of expectations and um, a, a, a fun a fun playoff run uh, the kettlecast will be back to have a season recap and until then go Hawks thank you for catching this episode of the kettlecast you can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com go Hawks.